You are listening to the Massive Report podcast. Welcome to the Massive Report podcast. We are here at Saucy Brewworks on the corner of Third and Michigan. We are talking about the crew's 2 2 draw against Atlanta United on Sunday evening. We've got uh, Bart. Hey, buddies. And we've got Sam. What up? Sam, you can speak tonight. I can. Half of my face is not numb from being at the dentist. Yeah, well, that's good. We're glad, we're glad to have you audible. Um, so the crew, as I mentioned, 2-2 draw against Atlanta United at home. Not the result I think most crew fans wanted. Obviously, coming to that game, you look at the standings, that's a game you probably Ooh. should win. I don't even know if probably is the correct term. Uh, Bart, just just your your overall opinion on, on kind of the result as a whole. Yeah, I mean, I think that the overall opinion for the result is it's, a, you know, a good result based on what uh, the performance that the team put in, um, but not a satisfactory result that you'd want, you know, coming into that when you look at this game on paper. I thought it was... You know, but for a couple of moments of brilliance from a guy you paid a hefty sum to have some moments of brilliance in Kucha Hernandez, it was a pretty, you know, listless performance from crew. They just didn't seem like they had a lot of energy and, you know, certainly not for for a game that's an important one in the standings where, you know, this is... uh, uh, there's so much, so little space, I should say, separating, you know, the teams basically from 13th to 5th or 6th um, in, in the Eastern Conference standings. And this was a way at home against a team that you went, you know, to their house um, and took care of business. Um, uh, uh, to, to not come away with three points, I think it's a pretty big disappointment. And, and I just look at, you know, I've, I've blamed Caleb Porter for a lot this year. And, but, but I do think... You know, I think ideally your coach should be there to, you know, make those X's and O's uh, adjustments in game and to game plan throughout the week. Uh, But you shouldn't need your coach to get you motivated, you know, in, in the context of a singular game. These are all professionals, and this is kind of, you know, that energy I think needs to come from the bench or somebody that's, that was on the, the, you know, on the field. And, and I don't think the crew really saw that until, you know, maybe – late in the game with some notable substitutions. Yeah, I mean, Bart, I stood next to you during the game. We talked about it throughout the contest, but it was it was disappointing the way that the team came out, and they didn't have the energy that Atlanta did, especially as the home team. And it was, you know, the game was delayed and whatnot, but the crowd was good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, there wasn't, it wasn't like they walked out in front of an empty stadium and anything like that. I'll take a delay before a game versus an right, in-game in delay any time. Absolutely, absolutely. And it, it looked like a team, to me, that was feeling itself a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. they, they had lost one game in, what, 12? Mm-hmm. And Atlanta's 13th in the Eastern Conference. And we talked about it last week. This Atlanta team has talent. And Atlanta didn't even play a lot of their starters, you know, Tiago Almeida was out there, but Joseph Martinez didn't start. They, they, this wasn't the first choice Atlanta team because they played Wednesday night. And the crew came out and sort of sleptwalked through that first half. And, I mean, you just need to look at Atlanta's goal, which was a 
a very nice finish, mm-hmm. but no one closes down. Yeah, two other Atlanta players could have scored that goal. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And no one closes down the man at the top of the box as the ball comes to him. And that's just, you're a team that has said all year, okay, we, once we got Cucho, we're in playoff position, we're, tr- we're fighting for this playoff spot, we're fighting to be a top four team, we should beat the teams below us. They've talked about that a lot. And they've done it, but this was a game where you could build on that. And if you look at the next couple, this is a game where you could have started a trend of nine points out of the next three, and the, the whole situation just, just didn't look good from the start. Sam, you were down on the field. Did you get any sort of vibe? I mean, even in warm-ups, it was, was there anything that just didn't feel right about this from, from your perspective? Um, I didn't really look at warm-ups, to be honest, because it was raining, and we didn't want to get out there with our gear too early. To it was raining this. a lot. <laughs> so, uh, but the, in, in the first five minutes, you can tell that the crew was not, they just didn't have it. Atlanta came out for a team that played on Wednesday and lost at home to New York Red Bulls. Atlanta came out. They were passing it foot to foot. They were they were uh, threading needles. They were doing like they looked fresher. They looked more focused. They looked ready to beat Columbus. And they could have easily done had it not been for certain referee mm-hmm. calls. We're gonna say, but yeah, it was very surprising to me that a team that not, that did not play midweek came out so flat like as if they were going to walk in the park and Atlanta didn't even play Joseph Martinez or or uh you know they brought in Dom Dwyer in before Joseph Martinez but still like it was just like they brought him in late yeah in the seven seventy fifth 75th minute something like like the 77 so they didn't even start with whatever their full caliber of players would be so it was quite surprising absolutely I think that the the mentality of the crew was was off and Caleb Porter said after the game that he thought a couple players and he didn't name players but the, the, they didn't bring the energy that they needed um, look I'm you know we can we can speculate on these players I would say in my mind Artur I thought was was below his normal level and did not I mean, literally the goal, I thought he could have very easily closed out. And on a couple of things, I, I, I just didn't think he, he had the energy. And we, we've discussed Aiden Morris. Bart mentioned him earlier. Like, that's a guy that always brings energy. And, you know, I wrote last week about the, the situation with, with Aiden Morris and Artur. And I think that crew fans have, a lot of crew fans have forgotten how good Artur can be. He hasn't been the Artur that, that we kind of know and love since he's oh, come back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Artur from the first game this season, man. Yeah. That was incredible. Right, and he hasn't been that guy. But I'm not going to put it all on him. I yeah. thought Derek Etienne was also below standard in terms mm-hmm. of the, that kind of energy level that, that Caleb Porter addressed. Um, you know, honestly, and, and you know, I don't know if Caleb was talking about, about this in particular, but I didn't think Darlington Nagby had a good game. I thought that he he did not provide the same the same level, which is interesting because this is one of Darlington's former teams uh, that he's played for, and you know obviously he he and and Caleb have, have gone back a long way. So I don't I don't know I don't know what the issue would be there, but it just wasn't 
a lot of the guys just didn't have, you know, Kucho will run. You know he's gonna, you're going to get yeah. that. Lucas was clearly targeted by Atlanta's holding midfielders, defensive line. That was their game plan, was to try and take Kucho out of the game. And they, there was just not enough response around them in terms mm-hmm. of an energy level for me. I, I don't remember who, who I heard it from. I, I can't remember if I heard it in post-game when we went back to the photo room, but the change of shape, and I noticed this very well, uh, especially in the first half. Playing with five in the back for Atlanta helped them triple up Lucas and Cucho whenever they got the ball. Mm-hmm. If they were playing with four, they wouldn't have been able to do that. So that change of shape really kind of helped control that. But you can't play that shape for very long if you're going to try to win the game. Mm-hmm. And and the hope was that they go in the locker room, uh, Caleb looks at this and adjusts, and I feel like they did because they had a lot of breakaways. They just couldn't capitalize on it. And now, Cucho, Cucho scored two. He could have he could have gotten mm-hmm. a hat-trick if he didn't kick it right into the hands of the goalie twice in, yeah. like, two minutes. I, I, like, I, I'm concerned because you, you mentioned Nagby, and, you know, I'm just looking on who scored, uh, and zero dribbles from Darlington Nagby, and that is something that you, you don't see, and that's I think that's the difference, and that just gets to that point because you're used to a player like Darlington Nagby where if he doesn't have the outlet, he's going to take it himself. He's going to challenge you, and he's going to create openings just by virtue of carrying that ball and, of, you know, demanding that sort of attention. But when he's not providing that you know suddenly it's a lot easier for them they can they can be a little bit tighter on Luis Diaz as well and 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 they can completely negate a Lucas Zellerion and I think they came into that thinking let's negate him let's take him out of the game and they did a great job with that and it does make you think of that if because of Artur's form that did not allow Darlington to be more yeah I wonder the dribbler passer kind but in, in, in speaking with Artur, and I know you're going to get to this later, I was very confused about why Aiden Morris didn't come in earlier. Mm-hmm. Because of how, the, how, how Atlanta's defense and midfield was going at Lucas Elrion, you almost needed to counter with somebody like mm-hmm. a Aiden Morris that's going to be physical and be like, you're going to bump me off, I'm going to bump you off, and, and kind of have that back and forth. I think there was, uh, with, with 70 or 80 minutes, it was 14 fouls on Atlanta to like six on Columbus. Or something of that nature. I don't remember the stat exactly, but I'm, I'm, you had two back-to-back games where where the midfield play was very physical, and you did not sub in your physical midfielder, and I'm I'm super confused by that. Maybe that's something Murph or Thomas can ask Caleb about at the next media availability. Well, all right, so let's get into this this Aiden Morris uh, Artur debate because. I think that there there was obviously some interest in this beforehand. The crew have only lost two games ever when Aiden started, one this year, and this has been a talk since, since our tour came back. And and both of those games, ironically, were against Montreal. But there are some analytical things that that are very much in our tour's favor when our tour is healthy and and playing as well as he did. And let's remember when this kid came in the league. Everyone, I mean, I mean, he was a revelation yeah. when he came under Greg Berhalter. And he has been probably the most, and I, I say this with a biased perspective, <coughs> but probably the most underrated central midfielders in the league mm-hmm. over his tenure. But he's been hurt a lot. He's recently come back. It's, it's been a few weeks now. And 
I thought his first his first start against New York City, while Caleb said he wanted his leadership and kind of veteran presence in that game, and I get that. I thought he was underwhelming. Colorado, I thought he was fine. But in this game, he just looked a step slow to everything. And I don't I, I don't know what to attribute that to because it's not like he hasn't you know, if this was his first game back, I could you know, his first game starting, I could understand that. But the, and, the, to, and there was some turnovers too, yes, which is which is not not characteristic of him. That, that's that's what's a little worrisome. Yeah. And I think that's what separates him from an Aiden Morris. You know, ideally, when you're looking at the analytics, is how you know accurate of a passer he is. Aiden Morris is still you know younger. Sometimes he's trying a bit more of an ambitious pass, and sometimes you know he's just losing it. But that's if if you're Arthur and you're not you know able to accentuate the, the the element of your game that you know separates you from from an Aiden Morris while he's got those other elements you know that just that that sort of aggression the energy um, I think that's a little bit concerning yeah and I mean that if you actually look at a lot of the the metrics on on our tour he actually wins I don't know if it's more balls back mm-hmm. than Aiden Morris but it's close and he just he just does it in a different way it's yeah. not as obvious but in a game like this, it was so clear that the team needed energy and needed somebody to just kind of go up there and, you know, maybe even commit the foul. Just, you know, stick a foot in and, and get everybody going. And I agree with you, Sam. I think you said it, that he didn't come on earlier. Um, now, obviously, the team gets back in the game, but I think, I think you have a real interesting situation here with these two. And, and, you know, Caleb talked about it last week is, it, you know, essentially it's a good problem to have. You've got mm-hmm. three very good central midfielders right now, and you've got to figure out where to play them. And, and, and he called Aiden Morris the future and Artur kind of the present, and, and I think that's fair. But I think at some point you have to recognize where one guy mm-hmm. is working and one guy isn't. And on Saturday or on Sunday night, Artur wasn't working alongside Darlington, and I think Aiden – you know, we only saw a little bit of him, but I think he could he could have provided a bit more of a spark there. This is this is where I have a problem with coaches sometimes, and this is not a Caleb only issue. This is a lot of issues. There's a lot of coaches that want to force their way in a in a game plan, and it's like Aiden and Darlington have played long enough now to establish a good chemistry. Mm-hmm. Artur and Darlington have I mean, played like twelve games. They've been together. Yeah. Or right, Our, uh, twelve games in a row, and and and, and one right. and a single I was, loss. I think it right. was nine nine consecutive starts while Artur was hurt. But yeah. I think in total they've started twelve mm-hmm. games. So and Artur and, and Darlington obviously played together for a long time. So it's yeah. not a chemistry issue. This is as a coach, I feel that if I was coaching this team, I'd look at. I'm looking at the tape. I'm seeing how this the opposing team that's coming in tends to play, and that's who I decide who plays mm-hmm. in that second role behind Nagbing. And that, that I, 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 it might seem I might be looking at it too simplistically, but it feels like it's common sense mm-hmm. because you're not having to establish something new. You already know what you have, and if one doesn't work, take him out of the half and put the other one. Yeah, it's not. It, there's no like you're playing for the team. You're not playing for the individual. When I, I'm not I, saying that they're they're individual, no, and, and, and I want to clarify. I I love Artur, and I agree that he is he is definitely underrated. But that doesn't mean that you can't have bad games, and that is okay, especially coming off of an injury that knocked him out for almost half the season. Yeah. And, and that's why I you know I, I think ultimately because I agree with you, and I think Artur is an exceptional player, and I think this team 
I, th- I think your best the lineup is you putting your best players out there is you've got all three of those guys out there, especially I think with the way that Derek Etienne is playing now. We know there are the you know questions about Lucas Zellerion and where he's lining up, but like let, let's be serious here. You know he's like it's basically a four two two or four four two. I'm sorry, right. uh, you know with him up there, he's you know he, it's it's Cucho that's tracking back. You know when the ball goes in the other direction, um, and that that's that's fine with Lucas. But I mean, so I don't think it really matters. Unless it really matters truly to him, which it may well where he lines up. I think if you're Caleb Porter, you're like, I trust you guys to go to those spaces on the field where you're going to make, you know, most of the dynamic attacking, uh, you give yourself, make yourself a dynamic attacking threat. I trust you in that sense. I'm just getting you on there because I need to put you in a position to be on the sheet to turn into the refs at the beginning of the game. But I think having those three midfielders, you know, puts the crew you're putting your best players out on the field they all bring different elements and they lock it down at midfield yeah that is an interesting idea i mean i think the way caleb looks at it is this team's best in a 4-2-3-1 mm-hmm. when lucas is underneath and you're right i mean it, it might as well be a 4-2-2 with the way lucas plays at times but if 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 you can figure out a way to make that work with lucas Sort of playing a winger, and we've talked about it before. You know, there there have been guys in MLS, uh, Pato, um, what's his name that played for Montreal for uh, years, uh, the the uh, creative midfielder that, that played oh. out wide. Regardless, you can you can play on the wing and still affect a game centrally. You just have to. It has to be set up in a way that that can make it work. Now. I still think this team's best in a 4-2-3-1. And I think that going into Atlanta's game, this Atlanta game, Artur made sense. But when it wasn't working and he's not providing energy, and, and you need energy, and it's not just him. There were other guys that just, I mean, they just looked kind of listless in the first half. And Atlanta being on the road looked like the, the dominant team. It, something, something changes. And, and Bart and I were talking at halftime. We both thought Morris coming in at halftime would have been a, a mm-hmm. you know just a spark, just get something going, you know. And they didn't have that. Now, I think we should also talk about the the positives of this second half because they did get going. And Cucho scores two goals. Luis Diaz again is a provider on one. I think all of his uh, all of Cucho's goals have been assisted either by Lucas or by Luis Diaz, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I think has, you're has right. Has he gotten I, well? He did get an assist from. Uh, uh, what's his name yesterday? Sands on he the did, second yes, goal. Yes, he did yes. on the second goal. And that's, that's another thing I want to talk yeah. about in a minute. But um, So first, the, the big spark off the bench, if we're not talking about Sands because he came in mm. the first half for an injured Pedro, and we'll talk about him in a second. But Kevin Molino, who is a guy that we've been waiting to do something for the last two years, and, and injuries have played a part in that, comes in. And he kind of, on the, on the first goal, takes in that Lucas role as Lucas kind of rolled to the outside and plays that ball to Luis Diaz. And Luis Diaz, again, an accurate cross, which is what we haven't seen a lot prior to Cucho for Luis Diaz. Uh, that was a play that is, I think, if you were the crew and you can design your, your front four right now, 
Like, Derek Etienne's probably in there, but if Kevin Molino's healthy and playing well, we know what Kevin Molino can do given what he's done in the past. And if he can be that other guy, and now he's providing you with, with something, that, that becomes interesting. Well, he got half an hour of play yesterday as opposed to the regular seven, and eight minutes. And it's about as good as we've seen from Kevin Molino. Right. Uh, it was it was it great? No, but did it show flashes of of what you know Kevin Molina can do? Yes, yes, it did. And he that was ball to Diaz he was stronger was on the ball. He was that ball to Diaz was good. Like he was, you felt that he actually had a contribution and actually touched the ball. And and that you know that's my hope because I don't know. I mean I I know in the academic sense what Kevin Molino can do. Um, and you know from what you saw a little bit from him in, in Minnesota and when we watched him when he was at Orlando prior to that. But uh, uh, I, but for that, that pass to Will Sands and a little bit in this game, like I, I, I don't think we can just take for granted that, no. you know, this is a guy that, you know, oh, yes, if we can recapture, I, I, I'm hopeful. Um, but I, I just, I think any, I, I think anything at this point, you know, you get from him is a plus, and so it was obviously, I think, a big plus to, you know, to see him put in a, a decent performance. But he honestly, but but for that Will Sands pass, didn't uh, necessarily, Diaz yeah, Diaz one, sorry, um, uh, didn't didn't stick out as much for me. You know, he did more than Etienne, but that's because Etienne was invisible that game. Um, but uh, I don't know that I'm at least at this point. Um, you know, ready to, to hand over at least or, or, or uh, boot Eddie into the bench um, just for what he's done throughout the, the course of this season. And, um, and and I'm hopeful that we can, you know, continue and see more from uh, Molino, but I am really going to temper my expectations with him. Yeah, no, one, well, not that Diaz has played, or sorry, not that Etienne has played super well recently, but I'm not yet, yeah, I agree with you, I'm not willing to, to push him off. Now, when Caleb made these comments post-game about the guys that weren't bringing energy, and again, he did not name them, but if those are, if, you know, if I'm correct and it's Artur and, D, and Etienne who I thought played poorly, it's up to Caleb to, to make that statement. And whether that's benching these guys when we go next week at Cincinnati or whether, that, whether that's dealt with in practice, you, you can't have guys coming out thinking they've already won a game just because no, you're playing true, the 13th best team in, in, in the Eastern Conference. Um, so, you know, and, that, and, and that's that's something that's got to be handled in-house. But um, I, I, I'm i encouraged by Molino. And that's mm-hmm. I've kind of always been on that level of, like, I'm waiting for him to show it. And he's shown it, and he's gotten hurt, and he's shown it, and he's gotten hurt. You know, it's, just, it's kind of been the same thing. And if he can just be half the player he was in that playoff run at Minnesota yeah. right before he joined the crew and just just give this team something then then I think that signing doesn't look nearly as terrible I mean he could frankly be essentially a signing for this team and and mm-hmm. if he can play that winger position and be that creative player then that's that's that would be a boost and yeah we'll see it's 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 one game it's one pass I thought he did some other things decently well but if he can get fit and he can provide, I still think he provides value to this team this in this league. He was he was active enough that I actually got a picture of him doing something. <laughs> well, there you go. If that tells you anything. But it, it brings me to another point where which I thought about coming in. It's like, how far down the depth chart has Yowie Ball gone? So I asked Caleb last week 
and he kind of brushed off the question, but it was also on the back of answering about Aiden and, and our tour, and he was kind of, I think he was a little bit irritated, just kind of about, you know, we've been playing well, why am I changing things? But think of the first game of the year and who their starting wingers were. It was Etienne and it was Yao. Mm -hmm. And I think that in an ideal world, if, if Molino's healthy, it's Yao and Molino. But last week, the, the game in Colorado, you bring in Eric Hurtado at one wing's position, and you bring in... Very odd. But, I mean, he's played that position. He's, but not what you thought... But doesn't make it any less He was odd. not even right. on the roster going into preseason. Right. And then you bring in another guy who wasn't on the roster going in the preseason, James Mbukemi yes. at the other wing position. And so you're not even trusting a Yao Yaboa. You're not, you know, like... Now, there are circumstances there. You're on the road. You're playing at altitude. You're probably trying to close out a game. Certain guys can do different things, and I get that. But this is not the wingers you thought you were having. Mm -hmm. Luis Diaz has... Well, first of all, Derek Etienne has played better than I think most people expected. Yes. But he hasn't been great recently. Mm -hmm. He has his ups and downs. Right. Luis Diaz has played well recently, but we all know what Luis Diaz has been throughout his career. Yeah. If the crew just had any sort of consistent wing play, you're talking about a, a, a top of the Eastern Conference type of team. Yeah, if, mm-hmm. if those wingers can, can score. Like, Luis Diaz in the first half couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. He was just running, and then he couldn't do anything with it, and they lost the ball in the, in the top third. But in the second half, and I think, like, okay, you're going to laugh at this, and it's way too early, but here's the thing. Luis Diaz is in, his, is in the last year of his contract. I bet he gets signed just based on how well he works with Kucho. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, and I think I, you, you're correct. The crosses weren't there. But the way he's playing and, like, his recognition of things is so different right now. And I it think has it's improved very, drastically. I think Kucho is such a huge part of this. And he just – they get each other. They just get it. And sometimes you need that. And Now if you can score – Mm-hmm. One thing at a time, I, I know, mean, but still. That would be great. Maybe yeah. Kucho can mentor him into scoring, too. Look, scoring wasn't the problem. They got their two yeah. goals. Right, but uh, like you said, if, if we get winger play, like if we get good winger play, we're talking top three in the East, mm-hmm. and you know that Derek Etienne can score when he's be- slightly better than average, which that hasn't been the case in the last couple of games. If you can get Diaz to score then yeah. your, your threat increases, and then you have four people up front that can score. I mean, I'd like that, but if he continues, I mean, he's got five assists since Kucho I, came not, here. I'm not like, complaining he, about the assists. I'm just saying every mm-hmm. once in a while you send in a zinger and keeps everybody in check. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like that. But I, I mean, I, I mean, think if he could be the Luis Diaz who plays for Liverpool. <laughs> or even I mean, the, Luis, today, but. the Luis Diaz who plays for Costa Rica. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's played better in their World Cup qualifiers than he did, than he has ever played with with the crew. But I, I but I think that you know I think that's a good point, and I think that's one of those reasons why I mean between it being a contract year and it being a year a World Cup year, you know, a weird World Cup in the winter fall year, like Lucho Diaz, man, if there's ever an opportunity and time for you to seize this and to take your game to the next level, this is it. Um, and, and, and I think, and I think you know, yes, he hasn't 
he's still not scoring and he's still just blasting balls as hard as he can into the side of the net but he's also connecting on those crosses that were always just a bit off and so I you know I think maybe he has a little bit more that he needs to do to refine in you know the shooting game than he did in the passing game at, at any point or the crossing game but but I, you know, I'm 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 thrilled with Luis Diaz, and I, I still, you know, look at him, and you look at, you know, the age of the ro- the wingers on this roster. He's, I think, the youngest winger you have in your starting lineup in your in the you know the 25, because um, uh, uh, Alexander Matan's on you know loan somewhere, um, and and I think you know, getting back to yeah, I, I think ultimately those are. His signing, um, and, and the Matan signing, I think you know those are. Uh, those are signings where that you make as, as, as a Tim Bezbachenko as you know these are huge high upside and I now got NFL owners and I can drop you know 1.4 million or whatever on a transfer fee and if it does if we don't knock it out of the park you know it's not the end of the world this isn't you know Kucho that they're doing but those are guys where it could be really high upside if they come in an MLS light it up and then you can potentially sell them down the road or you eat it and, you know, again, with the, with the old ownership, they might not be able to afford that. With Dee and Jimmy Haslam, they can afford to eat that. So I, I, I don't, you know, I think go for it. But I think at this point, yeah, it, it shows what, you know, where Yah is in that, those standings. And I don't know what you do to, you know, kind of get rid of it or potentially clear the salary. And maybe he's got a chance. Maybe, I don't know if there's a way where they can get him, you know, games in for crew two. Um, if we just write Don Garber a bunch of letters, we could maybe do it. But uh, uh, I, 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 I ultimately, I don't think if you've got to go through all this to finally unlock Luis Diaz and get out what you thought you were getting out of him three, four years ago when he first came to this team, um, that I'll take. Yeah, I mean, I guess ultimately if you come out of this season with Derek Etienne, who I think is also at the end of his contract after this year, um, and another winger playing well, which is what you expected from Yao Yaboa, then like you came out where you thought you were going to, yeah. right? Uh, it's not it's not the player you thought, but if Luis Diaz, you know, if you have to pay Luis Diaz a little bit, and I don't think he's done anything to earn a massive contract, and I don't think anyone's giving him, you know, maybe somebody else would, but um, you know, I think if you have to pay Luis Diaz to keep him here because he had a good season, then that means things went well. Yeah. Same with Derek Etienne. You know, it, it hasn't been the best last few games for Etienne, but he's still been a, a very productive player for them this year. The the player who continues to be the most productive, Cucho Hernandez. Uh, those two goals, I mean, it, it was there any doubt that if they were going to score two goals and bring that game back and – I mean, it was either him or, like, Zellerion from the free kicks they got at the top of the yeah. box, right? Like, that, those were the two guys. I don't – I love what they've got with those two guys. I don't know if they're too reliant. I mean, we, we've – you know, the, the comparison from this game – the obvious comparison was Cucho and Joseph Martinez. And we've seen what Atlanta is when Joseph Martinez hasn't been good uh, this year and, and even a little bit last year. Are you concerned that this team is too reliant on Cucho right now, despite how how ridiculous he's been, or or 
You know, is is this just what you do with a striker? Yes. It's both. it's both. It's it is because yes, they are too reliant because you can see that sometimes mm-hmm. they try to force a pass into the box to Cucho or to Lucas and it doesn't work as opposed to instead of taking the shot. And like take the shot and let them deal with the rebound, but at least take the shot. Like what was the what was the shot differential yesterday? What? What was it 24 to Oh yes, it, it was It was I like 24, 24 to 12. 12. Um, Shots are yeah. twenty-four to twelve. Yeah, ten yeah. to eight so, on goal. So, Lucas is All not in taking favor sh- of Atlanta. Yeah. Right, Lucas is not taking shots. We already know that because he skies it. He has the the Emilio Renteria bug that skies it up to the second deck. But Derek Etienne, take the shot, Darlington Egby, good lord, take the shot. You and he had like, from my end, I can see these gaps where you can like, he's got the ball at the top of the cir- at the top of the you know box circle, and it's like just. Take the ball. Take the shot. You, you, you want an interesting stat, and I don't know if uh, uh, the background is, is a little too uh, uh, loud for this, but so crew, you know, uh, the, I'm looking at the crew stats, shots on the season. Number one, Lucas Elrayon, 58 shots uh, on the season, uh, uh, 22 shots on target in 22 games played. Uh, number two, Cujo Hernandez, 41 shots, 18 on target in nine games played. Number three, Derek Etienne, 37 shots, 15 on target in 25 games played, 20 games started. I mean, one that... of those Kucha shots was that bicycle kick <laughs> yeah. that he did at the top of the box after that corner, which was <laughs> yes. just it's a just, remarkable, I mean... like, a, just you're trying to get hey, something off. It's, if Sebastian Miranda can score a header from the top of the box, then I, I mean, come on. But that's well, that's what like that's that's averaging like five shots a game, five six shots a game. Like, but they like, come in bursts. Yeah. Like there's no consistency. I'm, well, Cucho and Lucas, yes, but like Derek Etienne. No, so no, much. I'm yeah, I'm talking about everyone else's. You know, maybe averaging. Uh, Lucas is averaging a j- bit north of two shots. You know, probably or shots per ninety minutes. Lucas or Cucho's averaging probably north of six shots per ninety minutes. Like yeah. it is absurd. Well, and and they come from such different places. I mean, we you know that bicycle kick. I, I mentioned. I mean, it was a bad touch off of a, a clear designed corner kick play, and he just oh, I'm gonna bike it, and it yeah. bounced. You know, it wasn't a good shot. It bounced to to the goalkeeper, but he is. Willing and ready to let it rip. Lucas has shown that propensity as well. Um, honestly, I wish a few more guys were were willing to to just let it fly. So you know, you're not going to score all of them. But Darlington. Kn- yeah, exactly. Who knows if if there's a rebound? I mean, if Cucho is in and around the six yard box, or if Lucas, really anyone. I mean, you can tuck those balls in. No. So. In, we mentioned it earlier. Will Sands is in this game because Pedro Santos gets hurt middle or, or late first half. Uh, Will Sands, he played some early in the season when, when Pedro was hurt, uh, played left back. The crew signed him this offseason uh, as a – yeah, siren coming by. As a – this is how we do it live. Um, yep. As a young player who, who they were pretty high on, and they weren't ready to you know, make him any sort of starter or anything like that, but 
he was a guy who they thought could could ha- you know step in if if they needed for Pedro. Pedro goes down. It looks like he was grabbing his hamstring and, and whatnot. Um, he walked off, which was good. I know that he was in the locker room afterwards. Seemed to be moving all right. Doesn't necessarily mean anything, but we'll we'll have an update at some point. But um, Sands comes in. He creates the second goal with a nice nutmeg, plays Cucho in. Just what was your thought, Sam, on, on the overall play? I thought he was timid at first, and once and then he got going. Exactly. I think he, he started out like, you know, the great thing about Pedro is, and why many people, I'm not going to say all or most, but many people love Pedro, is the fact that he's got such a motor. Uh, he's almost Frankie Hiduk-esque yeah. uh, to run up and down, and... and when Will Sands came in, you kind of lost that offensive part of Pedro's game. He, I think he did fairly well as a defensive player. If he's going to come in and just play defense, he is probably perfectly fine uh, playing against Atlanta. And Atlanta really exploited that right side all day. Uh, Cruz left, Atlanta's mm-hmm. right. Um, but his hustle to get to that ball and really fight off the defender and get that pass to Cucho was really impressive. Yeah. And it's like, you want to see more of that. And that was like him, because he had, he had another uh, pass where he just went up the side and tried to pass it to Cucho. And Cucho, I think, shot it right at the goalie. Yeah. So it was like, okay, mm-hmm. you're starting to see some stuff here. And again, if you're a guy that's not playing or you're playing 10 to 15 minutes in relief to give, to give a guy a break, you're not going to get that game sensitivity but it felt yeah, I mean, like he got his footing. Yeah. He's only played, I, according to Wikipedia, which is not the most reliable thing. I'd have to fact check this. Wikipedia lists him as only playing two, five games for Crew 2. So, I mean, he's been, because he's been on the bench for the crew a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's not right. like he's a guy who's gotten a, if, even if that's wrong. Either, either direction. He's not, yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I'll say, I like, and, and I'm one of those guys, I, I've, you know, not been on the Will Sands hype train. Um, I wouldn't call myself a hater, but I certainly, I, I, I have not, from, from what I've seen, hadn't seen anything prior to this game to, you know, get you excited and think that this guy is, you know, uh, 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 a really big, you know, prospect for this team. Um, but I, 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 I was impressed, and I think that that was probably the silver lining in this game, and especially if... Pedro Santos, who, you know, is the best left back in MLS, is going to miss a significant amount of time. Um, you need Will Sands to continue to put in performances like he put in in that game. Uh, uh, to have that element where he is, he made a couple guys miss, too. Um, uh, so, you know, to add that offensive element, maybe that's something you get by sitting and watching Pedro Santos um, all season long. And, uh, and, and so I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful if he can kind of continue to add that, because I think that that's the difference with Pedro where he's a good, you know, he's, I think, a good or doesn't get enough credit for his defending. He works really hard, but he also is such an attacking presence that that's just an element that most teams aren't used to seeing from that left back position. So if you're taking that away, or if you can add that, albeit to a lesser extent as Will Sands, and still play strong defensively and have a really good work rate, then I think crew might be able to, you know, keep their head above water if Pedro's going to miss a substantial amount of time. Yeah, and I, I mean, my impression was that Sands came on, was, was kind of timid early on, and I think you saw that actually negatively impact the team with, with Artur and Nagby 
trying to push to that left side to kind of compensate a little bit. And I think at halftime, who knows what was said in the locker room, but I think he realized, you know, just go play your game. Just just go out there, you know, you're down 1-0, just go figure it out. And I think you saw in the second half that, that he can play at this level. I don't think he's ready to be any sort of starting player at this point, but I know they're pretty high on him. And they, they went out and acquired him uh, from – he was a New York City home, homegrown kid, and he played at Georgetown with, uh, with I think, Sean Zawatsky. And they, they like him a lot, and I th- they think he's the future at that left back spot. Enough so that – I mean, we've talked about a lot. There's not depth beyond Pedro. Yeah. They, they are confident that he can step in. And I think with, with a few nervy moments early, he stepped in and, and played well. And, and that second goal – was him nutmeg a guy play that ball to Kucho and Kucho still had some work to do. Let's let's not. Oh, <laughs> that, yeah. the, the, that's the work that Kucho can do. Yeah. Correct. Gets that on that left foot. Yeah. Just bounces it to himself with three Atlanta defenders yeah. around him and just perfectly right. flat slots. It. But like, that's the thing. If you're James <laughs> Sands, get it to the Kucho in a in a decent spot and let him go to work. Yep. <laughs> um, and and I think that that's and I said James Sands. I meant Will Sands. Uh, James Sands is is his twin brother. Uh, other than that, other than Cucho, other than the, the guys we've talked about, did anyone else stand out to you guys in this game? Because obviously it wasn't the result the crew wanted. You want to win at home. Did, did, was there anyone that you guys noted that, that performed? Bart's going to love this. Josh, Josh Williams. Josh Williams. He had a man. very critical save that was almost a breakaway that could have been disastrous. And... Again, I, I, so I, hold on, because this leads, leads this leads to another point. The three subs that Caleb made with ten minutes to go in the game after, or uh, Atlanta had just tied it. It's like, wait, you're now going for the tie, because it was three defensive subs. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I was incredibly confused by that, and not because, like, you could have brought on Hurtado to play the wing again. Uh, instead, you brought on Hairston, and I know that. And I know that. Well, uh, I th- I, uh, just real quick, I don't think it was necessarily three. Def- I mean, they they went to three in the back, but they put. I mean, they they went more attacking. They, they actually went, played Josh in the midfield, basically. Uh, yeah, he did push up when, they, but I think that the idea was let's go three in the back, let's push our wing backs high, and we'll just defend with three. Is, is kind of now Atlanta Atlanta pushed them back a little bit, but, but yeah, put, if only they had some wing options off the bench right. to not have to and play in, wing instead backs of, there instead of the Hairston, you know, basically playing as a winger for the most part. Yeah. So when well, yeah. Molina look or uh, uh, not Molina, uh, Etienne, Luis Diaz. Luis Diaz, no, uh, the right back. Why can't I? Oh, uh, uh, Steven Moreira. Moreira. Oh, yeah. Steven yeah. Moreira looked Marera like he was off. he was gimping. Yes, and yeah. He, yeah, he was. I mean, he went down a couple times. Yep. Fought on, and I. I, I when he went to take that that uh, throw in, it, it, like he was stalling, I, yeah. hoping that Caleb would would, would do yeah. the sub, and Caleb never did. I think they were waiting for Moreira or waiting for Hairston to be ready, and it just didn't happen. Didn't work out that way. Um, Bart, any was there anyone else that? that that, that that stuck out in that performance, not not yeah. not particularly. Yeah. I mean, uh, that, that, that just how quality and and 
how I think relatively invisible Luca Zellerion was, and I think, again, that is more probably a credit to Atlanta's game plan um, and the way they, you know, defended and wanted to treat him. But I, I, I do think that that, you know, is concerning when, you know, a player of Lucas's caliber can be, you know, negated at home by the 13th place team in the standings. Well, let me ask you this. If if they if a team is going to target Lucas like that, mm-hmm. but you you can still score two goals oh, yeah. without him being significantly a part of that, normally you'd probably be okay with that. I mean, like, I think there are enough other spots. But I don't think if if I don't think if Crew doesn't have Cucho Hernandez, right? But they, like, but they that, do. That happens, yeah. So, but, but but you know that game plan were that you know three months ago or two right, months right. ago. This is a game the Crew uses right. loses two three nothing at home. Yeah, um, and I but I that's my point is like yeah. I think that's the difference is now Lucas can be marked out of a game. A team plays great against him. He doesn't play well. Whatever yeah. you want to call it, and and you still score two goals. Now you give up two goals. The set piece defending again at the yeah. end is a problem. Literally, you head that ball out, you probably wouldn't. Who knows? I mean, maybe there was still, I, I think that was like, what, the 83rd minute or something when they, they gave up that goal. But, um, you know, so who knows what happens. But it was, if you if you just see that out, it, it, it was there for the taking. Uh, here's the next question for me. The performances at home, the results, sorry, at home this year. Now, the Red Bulls sit above the crew in, in the standings, and their home form is worse. Yes. But if you're a team that's legitimately trying to contend in this league, you, you want to have a home playoff game. But honestly, you've played better on the road. I mean, the records are they're 5-4-4 five, four, five, four, and 4 at home. They're three, two, and seven on the road. So I, I guess you are statistically better at home than you are away. But more losses at home. Correct. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a brand new stadium. Mm-hmm. Obviously, last year we all know what happened there. They weren't good. At, they weren't good yeah. in general, but they definitely weren't good at home. I don't know. Is this place cursed? Like, I don't know what to make of it because you, they just. Can't seem to get it done. I mean, they had the red or the uh, the New York City FC game a couple weeks ago that was great, and I thought maybe okay, you're turning the corner, but you have you have to be if you're going to be one of the best. Atlanta's eight zero and five at home. LAFC is eleven one and two at home. Like, not Wait, to say Atlanta that you just lost to New York Red Bulls at home. Yeah, but I'm just saying if you're going to be one of the best teams in this league, right. which is what the crew want to be, and like. It, it's not like yeah, I'm win saying... At, win at home, die on the road is, yeah. is the motto. Right. And again, Philadelphia is a team that the crew could be. It's mm-hmm. not like I'm saying you need to be a big budget, right. you know, spend a bunch of money like LAFC. 8-0-5 at home, 6-4-4 four four on the road. That That is very reasonable, especially, I mean, even with a rain delay mm-hmm. or a weather delay, that was a great crowd again. Yeah. And like, you need to win these games to get these people to come back. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, and, and I think it's when I, I think it's also you know the satisfaction with a draw because there's crew I believe lead MLS in draws. Uh, let me just you know uh, uh, confirm that, but you know yeah eleven. Yep, you're right. Yep, number one. 
Oh, no, um, oh, no Port- Portland. Portland. Yeah, Portland, 12. yeah. Uh, and then look at how many teams, you know, with double-digit ties, you know, that are above the uh, playoff line. There's only one, and that's Crew, and they're barely there. Um, they are one point ahead of New England. It draws... Don't you know a full season? Yeah, yeah. It is not. Yeah, is not Nashville last year where they they could manage. They they somehow managed to draw every single game and finish top three. That doesn't happen. You need to get points, especially at home. You know, maybe it's well. You know, they aren't just absolutely abhorrent on the road, and so they can avoid. But between. The po- two points they left on the table here and the three points they Against gave up Montreal. to Montreal, um, that is a lot of points. Well, and especially you think about earlier in the season. Yeah. Those game, the, you know, the 1-0 losses and things like that at home when you know, you're waiting for mm-hmm. Cucho and you didn't have offense and things like that. You mentioned uh, uh, Nashville. They had 18 draws last year, nine at home. Yeah. Now, you're right. They, they did finish third. But the crew, you know, the crew at eleven and four, you're on pace for that, and I think this is a better MLS than yeah. than what they had last year. So I don't I don't think you can rely on that to to. And be the other is that they you know you mentioned that they told us hey look we just need to get our striker in there and then it's all gonna be different it's all gonna change and then suddenly well you've got your striker and he's scoring goals but the teams the rest of the team's still playing like they don't have you know right. the, the 10 million dollars or, or your defense that was yeah. staunch mm-hmm. for a for a decent amount of the season now all of a sudden still can't defend set pieces mm-hmm. like it, it happens well, it had every been a time. while since they gave up that set piece goal but that was bad I mean right but it so I, I'm and this is something I wish. This is well, still maybe this is something that we need just to just real quick. This is this is still the third best defense in the league, uh, just based yeah, on goals allowed. That's just bizarre. So they, I mean, are this, are the rest of the teams getting scored on by Philadelphia? Well, Philadelphia has twenty against. Mm-hmm. LAFC is twenty six, and the Crew of twenty nine. New York City is at thirty. Wow. So this is still a good defensive team. Now, a lot of that production, so to speak, that's not the right word, but. They, they had more shutouts early than they've had recently. Yes. Uh, and crew has games in hand and all, on all them. That's a good point, too. So. At, at, one point, at one point, do we ask, like, like, after every game of this caliber, Caleb's like, we, we need to get better on things. We need to get better on things. At what point in the season you're like, what we're doing is not working and we need to do something else? But is it, I don't know, is it not working or is it, because I mean, again, they've they've got one loss in twelve games, so like this is, you know, I mean, but, it's it's it's. But you're still shedding points. And that's you are. The problem. You are. So the 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 problem is that the scenario repeats every. Day. If you were losing in different ways, that's one thing. But if you're, I'm gonna, if you're losing points in the same way, in different ways, that's the same thing. That's. But if you're if you're losing points the exact same way almost every time. There was a problem. I would say this game to me is different mm-hmm. because I felt that they were just so lackadaisical coming out, and that's not something I've seen from them. And I it was surprising. It was very I surprising. Think, like, like they came out in Colorado and were gangbusters. Yep. And after 25 minutes, they that lost fell off. Oxygen. And like, you know, maybe that's altitude. Maybe that's whatever. But you know, if they scored two goals early in Colorado, they probably win that game and. 
we're talking about something different. I think I'm not I'm not overly concerned. I just think that this was just a bad mentality game, and I would be a bit more concerned if you didn't have what's coming next, because. You, you can't not be ready for this next game against Cincinnati. And I, I'm not even trying to get to that yet, but I'm just saying, like, and we'll talk about Cincinnati, obviously, but I think that if, if there was a game to have, like, a, a we kind of dogged it performance because we thought we were better than this team, yeah, you'd ra- you, you need three points at home in that game. You absolutely did. But at least you didn't do that in a loss. I yeah. guess I, I, you know, I'm trying to look at the, it's, the it's positive silver stuff. lining here. Yes, but that's exactly right. that silver lining is quickly fading as they drop in the mm-hmm. table because of losing these points. Yeah, but I mean, you look at the table and they're they're still in the playoff picture. They're still above the playoff line at the moment. They, as Bart mentioned earlier, they mm-hmm. they're gonna have that game in hand pretty much until the the end of the season because of that canceled game or that postponed game. They currently sit on. What is it? They're at 35 points. You got New York City is the, the team in third place at 45 points. Again, they with, haven't been having a good run. But you could, you know, that a win suddenly puts you in fifth place and you're, you know, a result against Cincinnati of getting above that fourth place line, getting above Red Bulls and getting a home game. Yep. You're right. You're but right. But again, maybe a home game doesn't matter right now. <laughs> right. And that's the thing. If, if you're the crew right now. <laughs> Would you rather be just, you know, go play on the road in the playoffs because you figured out ways to shut it down and, and get results? I mean, yeah, it, it, would be, it would be interesting if, if this team has to go all the way on the road in the playoffs. They've never done that before in terms of actually winning an MLS Cup or even making an MLS Cup. I mean, is Portland the only team to have done that? No, I think it's not happened. that that happened because it didn't happen <laughs> right, in 2015. Right, right. But no, I think it's happened a few times. But Portland was, you're right, uh, maybe the first. Was that the first? I, there's a good chance. I don't know. Um, it didn't happen. The my point is that you know you want a home game. Let's be clear. You want we want we want mm-hmm. who cares what the team wants? We want a home game at Lower.com Field. Yeah. Get that place rocking. Yep. In, in the fall and have a playoff game. Um, and you know, you're right. They are one point above New England now. Again, game in hand, one point above Cincinnati, two points or three points above Charlotte. And this this was a winnable game, no doubt about it. And they 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 blanked the bed. I'll, I'll avoid you having to go in and insert the. I'm not going to take it out. Yeah. They shat the bed. You no, should okay. yeah no. You should go and insert it there for the blank. Like massive bowel movement. Yeah. Oh, yeah no, no, no. I'll just say shat, and then you just take that shat that I said, and then you put yeah, it in there. Well, for... too late. We added two shats now. Oh yeah, and, and it's like this is the really good stuff that the people that waited an hour into the massive report podcast to really get to. This is this is the treat that you get at the end, and you, we still haven't even talked about Cincinnati. Oh well, that's where we're going right now. <laughs> All right, Cincinnati. Good segue, Bart. Good segue. <laughs> hey, hey. Cincinnati. 34 points. They sit in ninth place in the Eastern Conference. This is not, as we talked about before we played Cincinnati the last time, this is not uh, your your Papa's Cincinnati team. I disagree. I still believe they are. <laughs> Statistically. <laughs> yeah, on paper, sure. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, they, they have been significantly better. They did not show it when they were here. 
They have only one win in two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. One win in ten games, but they've only lost once in that stretch as well. And that was, ironically, to the crew at Lower.com Field. Caitlin was with me. Caitlin, you got something to say about Cincinnati? No, I'm no, I'm all right. Caitlin's offering beers for us. Um, and for you too, listener. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you can get down here, Kate, yeah, yeah. If beers. you can get yeah, if you can get here in time, <laughs> she'll be here all night. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean the this has been a Cincinnati team who's figured out ways to get results this year. You're obviously going to TQL. Uh, Tickle Stadium. Tickle Stadium. Bart, you're going, right? I am. I'm going. Sam. I have surgery. Oh, you got your before. surgery. Yeah. Well. We'll miss you. I will watch. Is Ralph going? Uh, I, I have no idea. I will be watching from the hospital. Probably. Well, everyone pray for On my Sam. IPad. Also, pray for Ralph if he comes. Yes. Uh, just because. He's, he's been down there. I've yet to yeah, be I've been in with that Ralph. stadium. Yeah. yeah. Really? You didn't go? I have not. Yeah. I haven't been I've to always had stadium s- either. schedule mm. conflicts. I have not been as a fan, so this will be fun. Um, but yeah, Cincinnati is a better team than, than they've been offensively. They have some weapons. Uh, Brandon Vasquez is an MLS All-Star. Um, what's his name from, from D.C.? Lucho Acosta. There they're we finally. go. Are they, like, but I thought, didn't they have another player that got scared and got themselves suspended for this one, game two now? I know Lucho's finally here, um, but I thought someone else uh, got themselves suspended for this game. I would have to look at the MLS disciplinary... Uh, situation here. No, just just go to like you know, find the most obnoxious FC Cincy fan on your Twitter feed, and then just see the hashtag they're doing. Yeah, free free Marrera, free free Geoff. Geoff. <laughs> um, I don't see anything from Cincy here. Oh, I, I might have just made that up. I think that's Ethan McKinley's fault. Friend of the pod, Ethan McKinley. Yeah, it's possible. Lucho was was suspended for the last yeah for the last one, but I thought someone else was suspended for this game. Regardless, this is a team that has has been potent. They were not potent in Columbus. Um, now, to be fair, after the crew went up 1-0 in the first half, courtesy of one Cucho Hernandez, the the the, the second half was not as cut and dry as it maybe looked. Cincinnati started to control some possession. Lucas ended up benefiting from a penalty kick. Krugel on win 2-0, but I don't know. I they're, Obviously, the crew have lost to Cincinnati at this point, down in Cincinnati, but I don't feel this is like as straightforward as like Krugel down, crew win. We're not, there's nothing to discuss here. I mean, what, what are your guys' assessment of just kind of going into to this, this game? You obviously can't take the approach that you took against Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Like, even even if they are, I mean, they're they're below you on the table. You have to keep in mind that it is, it is a rivalry game, and then you need to go in there, and you need to show them who's boss. And do you think Cincinnati's, that Cincinnati's better this year? Do you think that that, given what we've talked about about Atlanta, do you think that that like grabs the crew attention more than? You know, is that a good thing that you're playing a rivalry game now coming off of this kind of disappointing? Yeah, probably because because I bet that um, Caleb probably gave him a piece of his mind 
after the game. Caleb, and really? You think he? You think he gave just, him a piece just, of his mind? Just a little bit. You know, he gave him. Didn't he give him two days off? Was it after uh, FC Cincinnati or was it after? It was after. Yeah. Okay. They had that so, video online. Yeah. yeah. So he might make him do a double like sometime this week to make up for how badly they played against Atlanta to get ready for FC Cincinnati. I, I'm perfectly fine with that. It, y'all got to figure it out. They got to figure it out. What Somehow. Do you, well, go ahead, Bart. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I think you know, your crew. They're still. I think you should go in there and you know expecting. To win and have the arrogant, you know, take it. This is a Cincinnati team. Now that doesn't mean you don't think you've got to work, but it, this is this is a rivalry, and you know, go in there and, and, and play into that mentality because the, the it affects them. It sure as heck affects their fans. You know that that you know something that's in there, and that they would just be absolutely broken if Crew came in to tickle Stadium and just fucking spanked them. But um, I, th- I think the team is, is like that too, where it's, I think they can be, you know, we, I, it, this is one of those where it's like, can we loan back Miguel Berry just to be on the bench, just to be there, you know, just to look at him and be like, look, this could happen. If you guys, if, if, if you even think that this game's going your way, I can come back and, you know, make that change. That, that's the that's I think the one argument for keeping Miguel Barry instead of you know trading him to DC for you know a bag of soccer balls is just to have him there in case things got out of hand down in Tickle Stadium. But I think they'll take care of business. Let me ask you this: I think if you are looking at this crew lineup, there are three positions that are up for grabs right now, assuming Pedro's healthy. And if he's not, I think James Sands just slots in and and that's it. But. Bart, I know your answer here, so I'm just going to ask Sam. But center back, you playing Milos? You playing Josh, Josh in this game? Josh. I don't even have to well, think. I, it. I, I don't. I, I don't even have to think about it. And, and it has it, nothing wait. to do against Milos. It's it's specifically tactical with Josh having played the. Um, how do I put it nicely without swearing? Like the assholeish style that Cincinnati can play against Columbus. Well, I, I think Josh would. Like literally fall on his sword if he started for Crew in Cincinnati and Crew, yeah. you know, put on a performance like they did, you know, against Atlanta. I he, think he would, go would not play. In the face. He, no, he would not play any other like. He would smack people in the face, but then he would like do, you know, just literally fall on his sword, and that would be the final game from Josh Williams because he would not accept that. That would be a failure, yeah. and he won't. And to answer your second question, Aiden Morris. Mm-hmm. That was what I was gonna ask. Yep. And again, it has do. nothing to do with Artur. This is this is strictly how FC Cincinnati plays and what you need to be in that midfield to offset that. I agree. I with both of those. I think Josh. I would say just for both. Actually, honestly, for a rivalry game, Josh is so invested in this team. He will. He will go out now. I think Caleb will start Milos, but just because of consistency right now. But I think Josh would, you know, essentially to Bart's point. You can I play think he Josh at left back. Yeah, and but you're you're, you're going to lose a bit of this, offense. But at this point in his career, I don't think Josh can can get up and down. And right. I think that I think. Well, that that's what I'm saying. That you, he'll play yes, as a defender. <laughs> but for for the central midfield argument between Artur and Aiden, 
I assume you're going. You're going. Yeah, Aiden, you're going, baby. Aiden. Uh, I I agree. Just I think you need the energy in this game, a hundred percent. And frankly, of the three games that our tour has started, I think he played pretty well in Colorado. But I didn't like him that much in New York City. I thought he gave the bell away too much. And I definitely didn't like him this past game. Um, I think you've got to go with Aiden. I really do. The other one is what you do on the wing. Because Derek Etienne, I think, is, is riding on what he did early in the season. And the production hasn't been there recently. So do you go with the Kevin Molino? Do you go maybe a 4-3-3 like Bart was talking earlier, play both central midfielders? I don't know if you change that much up in a rivalry game, and, and I don't think you overcorrect, which is something Caleb's talked about. Mm-hmm. But do you, you know, what 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 do you think at, at that position? Because there's not there's not a ton of depth. I mean, it's it's Etienne or Molino or that's I mean that's really about it. Um, I would keep it as is. So it'll be look at Luis Diaz and um, Derek Etienne. And then if that if 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 Derek Etienne is not, it's not working out on his side, I would look at either the, either Kevin Molino or James Igbekeme. That was the um, guy I was going to say because he gives you possession. Yeah. Before I, I I mean, again the curious case of Yao Yaboa is is bizarre, but also you he's he plays on the right and you have Luis Diaz playing on the right and that's just I don't think he can do the inverted winger thing, so. Yeah, so if, I, I would say that actually stays the same because when Derek flashes, he flashes hard and for the entire game. It's not like, oh, a flash here and a flash here during the game and you don't see much of it. When he's, when he's on his game, he is on his game. And it, it has showed, like the Chicago game, for example. Right. So, yeah, I, I don't see a reason to change that per se unless we see that it's not working at all. And then how... how the plan works with if let's say let's assume that Pedro is going to be out. How that plan works with Sands uh, and Derek on that side, and how their communication and how their overlap goes, right. that also makes a difference. How how any any of them on the wing outside of you know is going to interact with Sands is is huge. And 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 I th- I don't know I I mean I I think in all likelihood you know Caleb sticks with the four three two. Or uh, uh, four two three one, um, uh, and and you know you have four three two would be interesting because yeah, you're, you're giving up be some less, players. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You're just, just like yeah, sure. Screw couple. you, Cincinnati. Yeah, We're gonna play know, with that, less and, players. And that, and look, this is that's the this definition not, of playing with yeah, a hand behind your back. Yeah, this is this is me. You can always just bring those players on. You know, it's, not, <laughs> in you case it gets anytime. out of yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, 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 I think, you know, looking at um, – I, I don't think he'll change up it from a formation standpoint. I'd like to see the 4-3-3. I'd like to see it not just because I think it, you know, gets those um, midfielders on that I think that are your best players if you're, you know, putting your list of your FIFA ratings of, you know, your top 11. Um, but I, I also think that you look at, you know, some of the talent that they've got in the midfield in Cincinnati, um, not just Lucho Acosta, who you did not see in the last game, but, you know, Brenner's been playing in the 10 position. They've not got Nordobu or Nordobu. I'm, I'm really sorry about that. Um, but, uh, you know, no, another DP player. I, I, he's he's a, a pretty good player. player. Yeah, I, I, let's, yeah I'll, I'll make fun of the Cincinnati name, not individual players for FC Cincinnati uh, that aren't Jeff Cameron. Um, uh, uh, 
but the so I think Cincinnati has a better you know better midfield certainly than they've ever had in their MLS history and I think this is an opportunity would be an opportunity for you to you know really make sure that you control that against them when you are the road team um, when you do potentially have some question marks along your back four if you know Will Sands is going to be the one starting in what would be the you know first start of his MLS career I believe and no, certainly started, big, okay but certainly the biggest game yes. um, in, in, in terms of playoff implications in terms of rivalry in terms of on the road uh, and then, in, in, you know, and then looking at the fact that you can sub in a Derek Etienne, um, you know, to bring it in and, and, you know, take one of those midfielders off and add an attacking option at the wing if you don't like the direction it's going after 45 minutes. But do use that a bit not to, you know, not to, you know, suck out the energy. You don't want them to play slowly. I don't want them to play on their back heel, but to, you know, just make it hell for them trying to take that ball up through the middle and to really control the middle of the field, force them to play long balls up ahead to their strikers, but, you know, really just shut that down. And if you shut that down and then suddenly you've still got the talent in a player like Lucas Zellerion and obviously Kucha Hernandez, who just any moment they get the ball on a counter or wherever it may be, they've got a chance to score and put that in. I think that could be something very frustrating and something that Cincinnati's not necessarily expecting to see from a game plan standpoint to suddenly, oh, if you throw it out there against them, they're looking at a completely new formation that they may not have planned for. You you just get 45 minutes out of that just from them adjusting, and then you can go and change and do what you want if you feel like you need to make those adjustments at halftime. I want to clarify, Will Sands started the Open Cup game. He has not started an MLS game. Okay. Um, you played 69 minutes in that game. Uh, here's an idea. What if you went three in the back? You you lock it down yeah. with Josh, Milos, and Jonah. You've got, especially if Pedro's not mm. out there, you've got Sands, you've got Marrera, and then you can do whatever you want with the midfield. You know, you I, I think, mm. I don't think they'll do that, but I think it would be an interesting, you're talking about like wrinkles yeah. to throw at Cincinnati. And that's just that, what made me think of it. Was, that would be your chance to yeah. play Artur, Nagby, and Aiden Morris in the middle. Only well, other but, is, I mean, you still then you would lose Lucas. Like, oh, yeah. like I know, I know. Unless you went three five two, I guess. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. I, that's I thought where you but were going. Still, in three, five, two. yeah. So I mean, you'd have you could, you could do you'd that, have yeah. Lucas and Kucherov yeah, 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 top. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, you could well, do that. And the others, I mean. I haven't seen like injury reports or anything, but you know, obviously we're t- we're talking about Santos, but yeah, Marrero didn't look good at the end. You know, he was he was obviously right. you know, had nagging at something. Yeah, unfortunately, this isn't the Wednesday game. He was game, cramping. But yeah, okay, okay, yeah, he was just he was cramping. cramping. Okay, yeah. okay, well that that's reassuring because that that I think that would be an argument for that three five yeah, two. Because at one point Joseph Martinez was helping him stretch it out. Yeah. Well, I thought I thought that might have also just been him, you know, maybe just trying to waste a little bit of time and of course, you know, is is the players on the other team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, let me help you out. Like, like, I'm sorry. How, how you, how, how, how is a like trainer actually going to permit if they've let any like worries about a player, you know, in your team, if you've got any worries about a player actually cramping? Gonna let a player from the opposing team yeah, stretch doesn't... him? <laughs> like what? It's probably not the way you want to handle that situation. You're right. You're right. All right. Um, I think we've hit on a lot tonight. More more than I actually expected. What what are we at time wise here? 
Uh, seventy, almost seventy-two oh, minutes. Wow. Okay. Is that um, before or after we started recording? That's after we started okay. recording. We did have we did have a bit of a oopsies earlier. Not from anyone behind these mics, Mike. Correct. You. Correct. Uh, we won't go into that though. Um, Ralph. Right. <laughs> Ralph's not here. Uh, <laughs> Ralph didn't do it. Uh, let's do predictions. Sam, what do you think for for Hell is Real in Cincinnati, TQL Stadium? You'll be watching from the operating room. Uh, yeah. Um, After you give birth to your third child. Yes, yes, totally. Whose name is Pedro Santos? Oh, uh, yeah, maybe not. I, I mean, nah, nah, I'm not going to go there. Um, that was a uh, joke. Man, I hate this. It's going to be like a tie, a 1-1, one, one, a 2-2. Two, two. It, has, it has all the feelings of a 2-2 two, two tie. It just does. We might go down to nothing in the beginning, and Kucho comes back to save us. All right. Just like the last time we were in Cincinnati, <laughs> I believe. Well, Miguel Barry's not Miguel yeah. All right, Sam, what do you think Brian would pick if Brian were here tonight? Uh, five nothing crew. Hell yeah, wow. Brian. All right. Brian. Brian's bold. Um, I will say I'm going to be optimistic. I'm always optimistic here, and then I get to the end of the week, and I, I write it very differently, but... I will say 2-1 crew again. Um, I think they go down early. I think they come back in the second half. And then Caleb Porter gets to, like, go over to the Cincinnati fans again and shush them and, you know, do Caleb Porter things. Uh, I just – I don't know. I, I don't actually feel good about this game, but Caleb Porter just – He's the ultimate villain in these rivalries. And <laughs> I just watched Manchester United beat Liverpool today, and I didn't think that was going to happen, so I'm feeling optimistic. Bart, uh, I, I'm assuming you have you have something good ready. Um, um, you know, I, I think uh, in uh, you know true hell is real and you know satanic uh, 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 reference, I think Crew wins six nothing in this one. A number of the beast, baby. Um, I think that with uh, all goals scored in the 66th minute. Oh, well, is that well, what you were going to Well, get? I think the sixth goal gets scored in the 66th minute, and that's when you start seeing all the Cincinnati fans walking out of the stadium, which is a tradition like none other. Watching Cincinnati fans just flood out of the stadium after their souls and, and their will has been broken. Um, I think you know Josh Williams will score his uh, a bicycle kick goal in this one. And I think uh, a Cucha Hernandez uh, hat trick and a Lucas Elrayon brace. He's not one had of that, those. Right? Cucho has not had a no, hat trick. No, no, not yet. I mean, he's no, only he had. Should have had one. Yeah. on Sunday, okay. yesterday. He's 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 only yeah. He, um, he only has eight games in nine games or eight goals eight in goals, nine eight games eight, played. Eight, eight. Seven started. <laughs> like just absurd. And then uh, we'll we'll get two Lucas Elrayon goals. One of them from a corner kick that. Um, and, and, and yeah, 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 we'll go with that. I'm trying to think of like you know what what the most deflating thing that will happen from Cincinnati is. Oh, but, back heel nutmeg um, on the goalie. Ooh, that would be nice. Probably from nice. Kucho. Yeah, um, and then uh, and then um, as uh, Jeff Cameron will be getting ready to get subbed in, and then uh, uh, and then suddenly he's going to think that he's talking to the official, and it's actually going to be someone serving him with a subpoena to uh, testify what he was doing on January 6th, 2021. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, well, well, we, that we, escalated quickly. We went there. <laughs> um, I think this is the perfect game for 
Like if you if you look at this series, this this rivalry, like it's been intense back and forth, mm. but like there's not been a villain, right? Like no one's like established them Miguel Berry. But even like he's not even that like yeah. the US Cincinnati he's fans. A very like, nice villain. Yeah, they like even Cincinnati fans are kinda like he's you know, th- most Cincinnati fans don't know who he is. Well, you know, I don't think most op- Cincinnati fans know who like anyone outside of players that play for FC Cincinnati I'm is. There's an opportunity in this game for Cucho to be that guy. I also think there's an opportunity oh, yeah. for a Brandon Vasquez or somebody to be that guy for Cincinnati, but I think like Cucho could be the guy who scores like, like be the villain for Cincinnati, like I have thought, a couple own I goals. I thought that was Acosta. <laughs> I think what well, but he hasn't done anything in this rivalry. Like that's why I think Cucho Fair. could be the guy who scores the goal and mm. then like you know does something to the yeah. crowd. Yeah, you know, I could see. I think he will recognize the moment, and if he scores, wa- watch I, out what he does towards uh, towards towards their supporters group. I think he might not even just recognize the moment, but he's just still so much better than everyone else on the field that he just gets the goals by default. Well, I just I just mean his <laughs> yeah. celebration. Yeah, and like oh, I yeah, think he, he could play it. into. This rivalry. Oh yeah. I mean, like you've you've already seen. Like, he's a celebrator. Doing some devil horn things, you know. I gotta say, Kucho's, Kucho's yeah. celebrations. Kucho's celebrations are t- starting to have some like pizzazz. That's and, what I'm like, saying. Like, yeah. I think he could. He knows what he's. They will be. They will make him well aware of what he's into. And the guy's not. Uh, the the guy understands rivalries based on where he's been in the past. So I think he could. Th- this rivalry needs a villain. Like, needs one villain. And you're right. Miguel Berry could have been that guy if he'd stuck around with the crew. Um, but I think he could be that guy. I would say, also, Cucho is just ten goals off the golden boot right now. So... You've, <laughs> you've been talking about this. And uh, you... I mean... I'm just saying. It would be absurd. <laughs> I mean, I think one... At least a couple people would have to just, like, completely fall off the face of the map. But Well, not if he keeps scoring at this rate. I, I think his, his his propensity of possibly getting into the newcomer of the year race oh, I think it's is over. significantly it might higher. Be, I mean, Insignia has been good. Uh, but Gareth, he's not he's Gareth not Bale scoring at the same clip. He, correct. He was also he also played a well. I guess he came in through about the same time. You're right. Um, this is a conversation for another day. Mm-hmm. We've done this. Long We've already enough. gone long. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, Bart. I'll see you in Cincinnati. Yes, Sam, sir. I hope everything goes well. Uh, for the rest of you out there, thank you for listening. We are the Massive Report Podcast here at Saucy Brewworks, hey, corner of 3rd Michigan. Big positive vibes to friend and, and Brian Phillips. Yep. Um, yep. We love you, Brian. Yes, and listen to his station. It's, I don't even know the numbers anymore. CD 92.9. There maybe. we go. Uh, listen to him. Listen to them. He hasn't been on in a minute, but uh, yes, as Bart said, big thoughts. Uh, we'll see you guys next week, hopefully talking about a big Hell is Real win. 6 nothing, according to Bart. <laughs>